Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, we've been spending the morning talking a lot about the resignation of Claudine Gay from Harvard. And I've given you excerpts from both her letter and the letter that was written by Harvard to the Harvard community, in which, in my view, uh, not only is, is Harvard wringing its hands with sorrow and despair and not at all taking a leadership position that there might be some merit to the fact of the reason why she was, quote, unquote, forced out, but Claudine Gay herself, notwithstanding the fact that Harvard says that Claudine Gay has taken responsibility for her, quote, shortcomings, actually, in the letter that Claudine Gay wrote to the wrote to her own community, there is no, no acknowledgement of her own shortcomings whatsoever. And this is not to pillory her per se, uh, because people have shortcomings, but it is astonishing to me that in this entire mess of a mess, uh, basically her letter, Claudine Gay's letter, is blaming others for the fact that she was forced to resign, and her resignation in a way of the titular position of president of Harvard University in the big picture, she will still be walking the campus of Harvard as the dean of, of the college, of Harvard College, which has enormous influence and power of arts and sciences. She is resuming her position at getting $900,000 a year. So actually, for her, it's not really that big a deal. 203-333-9422. And I saw this morning an article by Jonathan Tobin, who was the editor for something called the JNS, the Jewish News Syndicate, which is something that gets into my inbox all the time and I read. Uh, Jonathan Tobin is the former editor of Commentary, a very distinguished publication, editor of National Review. He lectures on college campuses. And he wrote a very, I thought, cogent, brilliantly written column this morning. In his tweet, he wrote, The Harvard resignation is a DEI debacle. Claudine Gay's brief reign illustrates everything that is wrong about the woke ideology dominating our culture, including its enabling of anti-Semitism. I explain. Jonathan Tobin, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. You can do some splaining, as they used to say. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Hello. 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 Thanks uh, very much for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit of what you think we don't know about how this came to be and what it epitomizes And is this, as I've been saying for months, truly a time of reckoning or something far less than that that's really happening? Well, I think it ought to be a time of reckoning. I'm afraid uh, we're a long way from a full reckoning, but certainly Claudine Gay's exit from her post as president of Harvard is 
you know, a slight beginning of, of realization of the problem. Now, it all her problems began. I mean, she she took over at Harvard, um, you know, in the, for the fall semester, and she'd only been there a few months. She's the shortest tenure of any president in that university's long history. Um, and her problems began when she, along with the presidents of the University of Pennsylvania and MIT, testified uh, before Congress um, almost a month ago. And uh, she was it was a hearing about the surge in anti-Semitism on American college campuses since October 7th, as we have these pro-Hamas demonstrations, people chanting for the extinct, the destruction of Israel, um, terrorism, genocide against Jews. And she was asked by Representative Elise Stefanik, along with the other two presidents, is the advocacy of genocide against the rules of your university? And the truth is, Stefanik was trying – was grilling them, and she was not expecting them to give the answer that they gave. She was expecting them to say, of course it is, and then she was going to press them – as to how they were enforcing that rule. But instead, all three of them answered, well, it depends on the context. Yeah. Now, that was an outrageous answer. Yes. Um, morally wrong. And it, it showed a few things. Number one, they were more afraid, and after being drilled by their lawyers to, to give this crazy answer, more afraid of identifying with the Jewish students than in offend and, and, and afraid of offending the anti-Semites, the, the people who were making these, you know, demonstrating not just against Israel, but against Israel's existence, against Jews, hounding Jews, you know, out of the public square. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, the presidents of uh, Penn and uh, Gay at Harvard eventually had to admit that that was not a good that was not a good answer. I mean, after all, if anyone were to advocate for the lynching of African-Americans— God forbid. Um, you know, God forbid, um, or violence, open, you know, openly advocating for violence against any minority group, and, but especially protected minority groups under the sort of, you know, in, in, in our current culture, we know what the answer would have been. Not only would they have said it would be against the policies, we know anybody who did that would have been expelled within Correct. days. Expelled. Any, any faculty, any faculty member, whether tenured or not, would have been fired. They'd have found a way to fire them. But instead, clearly, they were granting a permission slip for anti-Semitism. Now, this was troubling on so many levels, not least because it showed how DEI, this whole woke catechism of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which, you know, equity instead of equal opportunity, equity is the opposite of equal opportunity, inclusion only of a few groups. And the point being, this grants a permission slip for anti-Semitism because in the woke ideology, Israel and the Jews are identified as white oppressors, Palestinians, people of color, uh, Palestinians who are people of color. Now, this is wrong. The Middle East conflict is not about race. Jews and Arabs are the same race. We are. Most we look is, like each the, other, the, big majority, time. Exactly. The majority of Israeli Jews are, by the definitions of the American left, a people of color because they trace their origins to the Middle East and North <laughs> Africa. So it's a whole misnomer. It's you know, it's it's totally wrong. But because the you know the woke mindset DEI and intersectionality and critical race theory all demand that we divide all of humanity 
into two groups, oppressors and victims. And these groups are immutable. It's unchangeable. And that by identifying Jews in this manner, it enables anti-Semitism and discrimination. Of course, DEI is bad for all America. The Jews are the canaries in the coal mine here. But Claudine Gay had clearly shown her her, her soft spot for it, her blind spot for anti-Semitism. Now, the good news is that she was caught, you know, she was criticized heavily for it, but she probably would have survived. I think almost certainly would have survived. Um, by all reports, people like President Obama intervened uh, on her behalf with the Harvard board. Um, they were standing behind her, even the Harvard Crimson, the student newspaper was behind her. But then, as inevitably happens with anybody who gets involved in a big public controversy, people start digging into into their records. Yes. And what they found when they dug into Claudine Gay's record was that she has a history of plagiarism. Now, she is, you know, um, as for a scholar, she's very she has a very thin very. resume, surprisingly very thin. thin. Yes. Yes, for somebody to, to be given. The post that she has, even to be dean of Harvard College, I was surprised. University, I was surprised. It's shocking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, uh, and honestly, and this is you know this is this is a sensitive point. She herself appears to be something of an affirmative action hire because she punched the diversity ticket of both, being both a black and a woman, even though she's clearly underqualified for the post. But the, you know, what happened was that. Almost half of all of her scholarly papers, which is not that big a number, had evidence of plagiarism. And it was sort of a drip, drip, drip over the last few weeks as each one of these plagiarism charges came out because people start digging. People well, start also, Jonathan looking. Tobin, one of the mm-hmm. strongest accusers is another black woman professor. Yes, for whom she plagiarized. That's what I mean. This woman says, you yeah. not only stole my work, you stole my career because you took credit for things that I originated in my research and exactly. scholarship. So you have somebody who's the president of a university and still, as you rightly pointed out, in a position of great influence and making a lot of money. Tremendous. Um, and any student, any any freshman, you know, only a few months out of high school – who committed the the misdeeds that she did would be subjected to the most severe discipline. I mean, plagiarism is a very even in this age of AI and all that, it's a severe penalty, and you could you could get expelled for this. But people were still rallying behind her, and as she in her resignation letter, as you pointed out. She's accusing her critics of racism. Yes. This isn't about racism. This is about how DEI is a toxic force in our culture. She is the embodiment of it, not only in her underqualified, uh, you know, that she was underqualified for this incredibly prestigious job, that she had a shaky, not really shaky, she had a dubious academic record. And she's also guilty of basically granting a permission slip to anti-Semitism with her policies on campus. And, you know, she she's gone because the plagiarism undid her. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And the by the way, Jonathan the Tobin, is Jonathan, still there. by the way, you did say in your column, you said that just before the day she resigned, a new allegation of plagiarism came against, mm-hmm. uh, against her in which it was not just attributing things the wrong way, but paragraphs of prose that were lifted from other people's authorship and work. Yeah, that was the coup de grace. I mean, and that's just, I mean, let's be honest, that's just completely outrageous. I mean, she should be fired from all of her academic. That's what, let's talk that. about that. that. that Why is she great. merely being demoted to an position of enormous influence and power. Let's talk about that, Jonathan Tobin. What's that about? And let's criticize that because that to me is astonishing. Well, I think it's the same factor. She is a member of a protected class. And listen, we do have a history of racism in this country. Of course. Um, And we, you know, there's a reason why we are sensitive to these issues and we should be sensitive to these issues. But that has nothing to do where you have basically a fraudulent scholar who is skating by because of this ideology, which he champions. I mean, it, it grants a permission slip for all sorts of bad things. Yes, anti-Semitism. And as I said, Jews are the canaries in the coal mine. But she's giving up, being given a pass for academic crimes that would get anybody, you know, any ordinary person. You know, take the race out of it, just you know, generic person, they would be fired at Harvard or really any at a community college, they'd be fired. And yet she is surviving and she people are still rallying around her um, because, frankly, she is a symbol of this uh, you know, toxic idea of how race should dominate everything in our culture, in our politics. And this is where it leads us. You know what, Jonathan Tobin? I have a I have a friend of mine from when I went to college. I went to college at Johns Hopkins University. I graduated in 1981. I started in 77. I happen to have gone to school with two very distinguished people who were black. One is Michael Steele, who later became the head of you know the RNC. He was our student council president. Mm-hmm. And sure. another gal by the name of Paula Boggs, who we're going to ask back on the show because she's been on our show. And this is a woman who went to the military who um, I don't think she got anywhere in her life because of affirmative action at all. She is a stellar individual who became the general counsel of Starbucks, who serves on the boards of a lot of different fancy corporations and became a musician in her 50s and won a Grammy. This is a woman of tremendous talent. She also happens to be gay and married to a Jewish woman. That's why I want to get her on the show, because I want to hear Paula. Paula literally checks the boxes of all of these intersectionalities, and I want to hear what she has to say about this. But the reason I bring up her name in particular is because there are plenty 
of other qualified black women. If that's the box they wanted to check for Harvard, they could have found plenty of other qualified black women to be president of Harvard College, in my opinion. They could yeah, have. probably. And, yeah. and that, that's my point about the individual versus the general. As an individual, she really, and I, I don't want to pillory her. You know, it's, it's not my business to do that. But when all of this stuff came out, if she really loved the university that she protested she loved so much, she should have left with a little bit of grace and an actual apology. And she didn't. No, no, not at all. Quite, quite the contrary. She is. She, she fought the whole way, and she had every reason to think she would win, except her own record caught up with her. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, the point. Way, you know, that's the way it works in public life, of course. But she thought her political status as, as a basically professional victim, um, despite her thin resume, despite her dubious academic uh, record, um, that that was enough. And for a lot of people, it is enough because they're blinded by ideology. And that is, you know, that doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't advance the cause of racial equality in, in this country. In fact, it undermines it. And it also, as we've seen, you know, you know it, it brings with it this baggage of anti-Semitism about which she is not merely tone deaf, but clearly um, on the wrong side. So, Jonathan Tobin, what are we going to do, this canary in the coal mine of anti-Semitism that has been let out and is flourishing everywhere? We take away Harvard University and Penn and MIT for a minute, and we look at this country. We look at the disruption on our highways uh, in New York City, which a councilwoman is now calling for police to enforce these illegal gatherings and protests. Uh, Jonathan Tobin, you're a pretty big thinker and leader when it comes to these issues. What what should be the response of people who are scared and upset about all of this, Jewish and non-Jewish alike? Well, the um, you know you're absolutely right. This is a scary time. Um, probably in, within our living memory, anti-Semitism has not never been so prevalent. It has never been so open and brazen. You know, for a long time, people just thought it was a phenomenon of the far right extremists, nutcases with guns, people, frankly, with no political influence. Uh, now we have a, a movement um, that is anti-Semitic. As I said, the intersectional left, which frankly dominates the left wing of the Democratic Party, which is putting tremendous pressure on President Biden to reverse his uh, pro-Israel policies, his, his support for Israel during this war against Hamas. Um, and it's being, you know, it, it's manifesting itself in a in these, you know, marches and the, you know, basically anti-Semitic marches. People calling for Israel's destruction. People calling for the genocide of Jews. And um, we have to do a couple of things. Number one, we have to hold those accountable who are doing it. We have to hold those accountable who are enabling it. We also have to see where it comes from, and it doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of this ideological construct, which is, you know, it sort of snuck up. The progressives have been on a long march through our, our institutions, and they managed to uh, get this sort of intersectional critical race theory, DEI mindset into our entire educational system. So it's not a surprise when we see that young people are far more likely to be anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. Um, and it's it's dominate, It's becoming a, a, an important force in our politics. And the answer 
in the long run, other than to say refute this, and people should not be afraid, they should speak up, they should be as active as the anti-Semites, they should not be cowed. You know, we need the courage to speak up. But we should also understand that the root cause of our problems now is the way this DEI ideology has become the reigning orthodoxy. It's not just, a, you know, a few, you know, a, a few years ago, we would have all said it's just an extremist theory that nutcases believe. It's now become the orthodoxy at virtually every major educational institution. It's having an influence on corporate life. It's now even part of the U.S. government as uh, Biden's executive orders made every government agency and department have their own DEI you know, a plan and its own woke commissar. It dominates the arts. So we have to throw DEI out. That's where we have to start. It's a big task. It's a big ask. But if we don't do that, it doesn't matter who the president of Harvard or Penn or any of these schools are. As long as DEI is still there, that's the problem. And let me just say this. I want to push back a little bit. The goals, the, the, the goal of diversity, equity, and inclusion on its face are still very promising, positive words for a lot of Americans. You understand that, right? So it's oh, like. Sure. It sounds great. It, it sounds, sounds great. great. It sounds exactly what we all should support. Exactly. But the problem is in what, it, what these words actually mean. Equity is not the same thing as equal opportunity, it's the opposite of Dr. King's vision. Of a, of a country where we be judged by the content of our character and not the color of our skin. Equity means we're always judged by the color of our skin and our ethnic and racial background. That is the opposite of what this country should stand for. That's why it's so toxic. That's why it's so wrong. Jonathan Tobin, thank you so much for joining us today. Your column, JNS, what can you tell us about how people, if they want to find your writing, your, your Twitter, how do you want to be found? Well, um, you could go to JNS.org. JNS um, is a daily news website uh, with opinion. Uh, My column appears there three or four times a week. Go to JNS.org. You can subscribe to our newsletters, get up-to-date, the most up-to-date news on Israel and the Jewish world. You can also find me at The Federalist and in Newsweek. Thank you so, so thanks much. Thanks very much for having me. Thank on. you. Jonathan Bye-bye. Tobin on the Lisa Wexler Show. We're going to be right back. My sister Jill Zarin is holding. She's going to talk with us about a conversation that I referenced earlier in the show. Wayne Winston coming up at 1130. He'll be part of the conversation as well. 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 